I want to just give you this little thought tonight called No Time for Wimps. It's been said that Americans who lived during the Second World War remember sitting next to the radio with other family members. Can you imagine sitting around the house and all you got's a radio? Isn't it? Wouldn't that be a different time? Family, mother, family members are grandpa and grandma and mom and dad and the kids are all gathered around the radio. And they're excited. Oh, the radio. And it's staticky. It's not real clear. But it's the latest, greatest technology. And they listen to this statesman who did not know the meaning of surrender. And this guy named Winston Churchill's first statement as prime minister in 1940, 80 years ago, was this. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. Hallelujah. Wow. That's what he said, Cliff. Three weeks later, after the capture of Dunkirk, Churchill rallied the nation with these words. We shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island. Whatever the cost may be, we shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Those were hard times. Determined times. Disciplined times. Patriotic times. Such harsh times spawned men and women of character who understood those words of Churchill, understood the words he used, constancy, determination, faithfulness, durability, no matter what the sacrifice or cost. I want to kind of bring this theme home to you as we look at our text. And our text is found, and if you look on your screen, oh no, don't look on your screen. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. All right, let me ask you, my brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. What, what comes to mind? I want to hear somebody talk tonight. What comes to mind when the word of God says, be strong and immovable? What comes to your mind? Somebody? Huh? A rock foundation. Okay. Be strong and immovable. What do you get out of that? Don't all speak up at once, will you? Yes. Don't let anything crush your faith, no matter what you go through or what your family's going through. But always have the faith that God will fulfill all the promises. Amen. Don't let anything crush your faith, no matter what you're going through. Keep on. Keep on keeping on, right? Yeah. 
Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. What do you get out of that? Somebody else. What do you get out of that? Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. What, what do you get? Somebody? Don't do a half job. Give it all you got. Yeah. Some young person, younger person, put that in words for me. Well, how would you say that today? If... No, I'll say that again. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say you're old. I just said younger. <laughs> I can't say you're older. I would incriminate myself there, Pat. So. I want somebody in their 30s. What do you get out of that? Huh? Be joyful. Yeah. What's that word enthusiastic mean to you? Excited? Yeah. Yeah. Is anybody here a Cardinal fan? Anybody? Yeah. What's enthusiasm mean to you, Steve, when you're going to a Cardinal game? You know, I, I've gone to a few professional games in my life, never to a Cardinal game, actually. But, Sorry to hear that. yeah, I've missed out, haven't I? But I have seen people get so enthusiastic. I have had beer thrown all over me before at a ball game. That's not fun. People get excited. And a um, guy in the back of me got excited and got a touchdown, and he jumped up and threw that beer all over me. It was not fun. Smelled, stunk. But he was enthusiastic. And I thought to myself, boy, that God's people would be that enthusiastic about Jesus, right? You know? And um, that's how we're to be excited about the things of God. How do we do that? For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. What do you get out of that? Nothing we do for the Lord is ever useless. Anybody got something to say about that? Every part's a piece of the puzzle. Hmm, pretty good, Danny. Yeah. Anybody else? Huh? Yeah, every part's important. It's good. As believers now, we need that same spirit of determination and commitment to faithfulness, to devotion, to endurance, no matter how bumpy the road or how painful the cost. May we have the passion of Paul as we go through this life, steadfast, immovable, always abounding, he said, in the work of the Lord. Wow, what words. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. This means not giving up morally, not co compromising our godly beliefs, not ignoring the needs around us, not withholding what belongs to the Lord, and not conducting ourselves with a lack of compassion. What is a crime? Not failure, said the poet. Low aim is the crime. The challenge before us is to aim high, 
Stand tall. We can be models of integrity and vision and responsibility. And when there's hate and hopelessness around us, we can raise that banner of Jesus. We used to sing a song when I was a kid. Does anybody remember this one? His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. Yep, nobody. All right. Uh, in other words, do what is right in the smallest areas of honesty. And God does the promoting. If we do the promoting of ourselves, it leads to arrogance and it leads to terrible things. But if we humble, of our, humble ourselves and lift up the banner of Jesus and love those and serve those around us, he promotes us. He lifts us higher. So, let's be models of vision. Vision is the ability to see God's presence. So you haven't heard the definition of vision like this before. Vision is the ability to see God's presence, to perceive God's power, to focus on God's plan in spite of the obstacles. Oh, Lord, give us that kind of vision. So here are the ABCs of vision, if you're taking any notes at all. A for attitude. When we have vision, it affects our attitude. When we have that kind of vision that I just said, the ability to see God's presence, to perceive his power, to focus on his plan in spite of everything that's going on, it will change our attitude. Does anybody ever need an attitude adjustment in your life? Mm-hmm. When we have the right kind of vision, it affects our attitude. We can have a grateful attitude because of the Lord lets us see beyond our circumstances. I don't know about you, but I need to look beyond my circumstances once in a while and see the handiwork of God's goodness in my life. And it changes my attitude. We may see obstacles, but how many know the Bible says we're to magnify the Lord? Do you understand that that means that we magnify, in other words, we make him bigger than anything else in our life. We magnify him and everything else will seem smaller. How do you magnify the Lord? Somebody, come on, come on, enter in. How, how do we magnify the Lord in our life? Yeah, Joe, there it is. What was it? What did you say? Worship. Worship the Lord. Man, I was so thankful Jeff stopped for a moment tonight and said, hey, guys, be here. That was a good word, wasn't it? Because do you ever notice sometimes we're never quite where we are, right? Sometimes it's just good to, hey, I'm here. Let's stop thinking about what's next and be here, right? Yeah, Cliff? Praise. Praise. Yeah, praise. Praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him in the morning, praise him in the, yeah. Huh? Helping the poor. There you go. Yeah, serving people, serving folks. There it is. We envision that our God is able. He'll do something special even through the obstacles. The second one, the ABCs of vision is belief. 
B for belief. This is having confidence in God's strength working in us. Our trust in God allows us to not give in to temptation, cynicism, and doubt. Has anybody ever gave in to cynicism in your life? Oh, you all got it all together. Nobody. It's awesome. Temptation. C for capacity. Let me talk about capacity for a moment. Because when we have godly kind of vision, it changes our capacity. You ever thought you had maybe capacity issues? See, I want to I say it like this. We really don't have a stress issue so much as we have a capacity issue. If we run from things put, that put pressure on us, we'll step away from the path of purpose and live an unfulfilled life. The key to increasing our capacity is to decide we'll allow God to work in our lives, to stretch us beyond our comfort zone and enlarge our capacity to overcome challenges. That he will enlarge your capacity to the place that what used to stress you out can literally, when you have godly kind of vision that I'm talking about, that can literally become normal. Do you all understand what I'm talking about? Let, let me give you a crude example. You, some of you know the boys and I finished, I say finished, I use that term loosely, our basement this past winter in our basement. And, you know, it's been a long time since I framed up some walls and put some siding and trimmed it out, put the electrical in. I hadn't done that in a long time. And I was not very um, systematic in my approach. I didn't have my moves down. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you do something over and over and you got your moves down, you know, every move counts. Y'all, y'all have jobs and work where, where, where you learn how to make every move count. I made trips after trips that, that I didn't have to make if I'd have, if I'd have had, had this thing planned out better and figured out and had done it a few times and hadn't done it in years. And, you know, there, there was this one board. I, I cut it four times. It was still too short. And uh, I told Kathy when we got all done, I said, if we had to start this right now and start over, Kathy, I know I'm not exaggerating. The boys and I could do this today if we started completely over from scratch after just coming through the whole thing. We would do it in half the time. Because you grow, you learn. Your capacity. I remember when Kathy and I started Calvary, and we never pastored a church. There were things when we first started that were like so overwhelming to us. I'd come to Cliff and I'd say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, you'll be all right. Cliff would always say, you're going to be all right. It'll work out. I'd go away and I thought, easy for him to say. <laughs> but you know, as you be faithful in those little things, keep praying, keep seeking the Lord, being diligent, being faithful, the Lord increases our capacity. 
until some of the things that were so difficult then are just ebb and flow today. That's the way it is in the spirit too. God raises us up. How? We're faithful in the little things. Aim high. Have a godly vision like we just defined. Believe, trust, stay in there. Don't give up, don't be, be immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Have a good attitude. And then the Lord does good stuff. All right, let me throw in just before I quit. I've got four minutes. Then I'm going to give you, let you out 15 minutes early. Um, let me throw in determination. So I said the ABCs. I'm giving you a D. Determ- I'm not giving you a D grade. I'm giving you A, B, C, D. Determination is hanging tough when things all around us seem difficult. Vision requires a determination to stay focused on the Lord. And E for enthusiasm. The Greek origin is entheos. Entheos. God in. It's the ability to see God in a situation which makes the event have some zest. That's what godly enthusiasm is. To see God in something and, in, and you have some zest. Zesto, is that a word? We're talking about being models of integrity, vision, and responsibility. Let me hit that for just a moment, the word responsibility. If you, if you work for somebody, I don't know who I'm talking to here, but if you work for somebody, be the best employee your direct report has ever had. As we serve the body of Christ, let's do it with all our hearts. We're really working for the Lord. You know what I'm thankful for? Last Sunday, we had air conditioning problems in here. By the way, they're fixed now. Hallelujah. Tonight, we got screen issues. Boy, the devil don't like us coming back together, but it ain't even bothering us. I appreciate Pastor Jeff and and Mariah. They didn't even let it bother them. That's good. Um, You know... you're working for somebody, do it with all you have. Give it all you got. Serve the Lord, do it with all your heart. If you're working for an employer, remember you're really working as under the Lord. Show me people that are faithful in prayer and Bible reading and church attendance and giving and loving and I'll show you people growing in God no matter what they might be facing in life. See, we're talking about aiming high. Our problem is not raising our sights too high, but setting our aim too low. Why did Churchill, why did his words outlive him? Because he asked men and women to do something greater than themselves. Paul's words continue to stir and motivate us 19 centuries after he wrote them. A challenge is something that forces us out of our comfort zones and dares us to reach beyond the familiar. And as you all know tonight, we are in a period of time. It's different. This is a different time. 
Some of you know me enough to know that there was a period when I had stopped challenging you the way God had wanted me to for fear of what you might think. I, I don't know what happened. I, I, I kind of got in this mode for a minute where I was nervous about what people would think and I stopped challenging you the way God really wanted me to. I was even afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. And there was some real introspection going on about the time. This was all happening when dad was sick, my dad. And I was working long hours and then taking care of my dad and dealing with family things. And I just kind of got clouded. And a little bit of fear, I think, kind of crept in and thinking about, about my dad's passing and mom was gone. And I, I just remember going through this weird time. Has anybody ever gone through a weird moment in your life where you're just trying to figure things out? And, uh, you know, here I am trying to get up here and preach and be faithful. And yet inside I'm kind of churning and stirring. And I remember I began to pray and pull back and seek the Lord. And there's all kind of things going on right during that time. Everything going on you could imagine. How many know the devil does know how to weave his web? And um, Kathy and I would pray. If I was down one day, she would kick me in the rear end and if I was, she was down, I'd pat her on the shoulder. <laughs> and God, as we sought the Lord and got in the word, the Lord began to encourage our heart. And I remember starting to make some real commitments to the Lord and telling some staff members that are here tonight about it and made some commitments that no matter what, if I had the opportunity, I was going to tell people the truth in love with the best of my ability, a right spirit, and let the chips fall where they must fall. And not hold back. You know, the Lord began to, once again, enlarge my capacity and I found such peace. So, we set our aim in life higher as a child of God. We can begin to live in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, even while we're living on the earth. When God speaks to us through his word, he aims high. When he spoke to Noah, who stood alone in his generation, God said, what? Build an ark. And he stayed with it for a hundred years. He built that boat and it never rained on the earth ever before. It never rained. Wow. God said to Joseph, return good for evil, forgive your brothers. He spoke to Moses over the howling winds of the desert. And he said, go back to Egypt and lead my people out. When he spoke to David, he said, kill that giant. When he got the, finally got the attention of Peter, the fisherman, after he had fallen and failed, he said, Peter, feed my sheep. 
God has something high for each of us, not something easy. I want you to know before you walk out here tonight, when God asks you, this is my closing thought. I'm going to quit right now. I got more, but I'm going to quit on this. When God asks us of something, no matter who you are here tonight, when God asks you something, he'll never ask you to do something you can do in your own strength or your own power. He'll always ask you to do something that you can't do on your own. It'll take him. It'll take the faith he's given you to believe, to take a step of faith, to step out beyond your comfort zone, to aim high, to not be a wimp. And here's the thing. God asks you to do it, and you take a step, he'll be there. Well, pastor, what if I mess up? What if I fall down? He'll pick you up. My son Riley is down at the other end tonight. And I'm going to be careful here. This is my closing. He's been praying hard in the word, making some big decisions for his life. I put my arms around him the other day and I said, son, you blessed me. I said, dad, I just want to know that I'm making the right decision. It was a strange moment for, for father and son. Because most of my time raising him, I want to tell him what to do all the time. I always want to help him know what to do. And the Lord said, Stop. Let him figure it out and you support him now. Your role is changing. You know, I'm learning that's, that's hard on Riley and it's hard on dad. And the Lord told me to tell Riley, if you step out to obey the Lord and your heart is pure and you're seeking him, even if you mess up, he's got you. He's got your back. Isn't it good to know that about our kids? Be able to speak to them. Come on, stand up. We're done. So let's keep on, everybody. Let's keep on keeping on. Let's never wimp out. Jesus is coming. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the sweet spirit in the house. Thank you for the opportunity to be together. And we look forward to Sunday and everything that you have for us between now and then. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, everybody. God bless.